Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu everybody and welcome to the first official MSA National podcast. This is your host Subhan from MSA National and we are extremely humbled to have on our first episode Imam Suhaib Webb. You already know who he is but a brief bio, Imam Suhaib Webb is the founder of an online institute Swiss. We're going to talk more about that, focusing on developing Islamic literacy. MashaAllah, he also serves as a resident scholar at the Islamic Center at NYU and teaches a course at NYU on Islamic law and ethics. So first and foremost, want to give a huge shout out to Imam Suhaib Webb. Jazakumallahu khair for joining us today. It really means a lot to us to join us on the first podcast for MSA National. Wa alaikum salam subhan. It's my pleasure to be here, mashallah. Thanks for having me on the inaugural uh, podcast, mashallah. Absolutely. So we were actually discussing, you know, when like trying to plan this podcast, you know, who should be our first first person to debut? And, you know, when your name came out and everybody was hyped, everybody was happy. And we're like, you know what, we're going to go ahead and reach out. And subhanallah, uh, when, when we reached out, your response was so fast. We got everything set up so fast. So th that's awesome, mashallah. I'm sure you get so many messages and you have so many things going on. So uh, your support toward MSA National really means a lot to all of us. Of course, I was an MSA president in college. Um, cool. I know how, yeah, I know how difficult it is to book speakers. So there's always like a soft spot in my heart for the work that MSA does, mashallah. That's awesome. Awesome. Mashallah. Well, we have a lot of fun things that we want to talk about and specifically talking about, of course, the, uh, you know, the, the state of the MSA and things like that. So I'm going to get started with that. But I may ask a couple questions outside of that, too, if that's OK. Go ahead, man. Do what you got to do. Absolutely. So I guess let's just break the ice a little bit. While I have you, Imam Saheb Webb, alhamdulillah, personally, I've been able to benefit a lot from you throughout the years and whatnot. So before we kind of get to the MSA, I just want to, you know, maybe peel some salts that may be on the wounds regarding uh, the Lakers winning the championship. Uh, from what I understand, you're a huge Boston fan, so as, as I hope everything's okay. And then with the, the Dodgers winning as well. So that's two LA championships. Everything okay? Where are you from? I'm from Chicago, so you can so call why me. Why do you? A, why do you even care? You like, can call why are you. Why are you in this conversation? <laughs> you can call me a how bandwagon. About those, how about those Cubs and Bears, bro? Oh wait a minute. How about the White Sox? Uh, yeah. Let's go can't... for the University of Illinois. <laughs> Champagne. Oh man, that's my school too, right there. Um, you know, honestly speaking, I'm not really worried. To be a Celtics fan is to be a person of iman. You know, love to it. Be like weather win, weather loss. It doesn't matter. We're the Celtics. We are the the team that everybody thinks about. We are the, the franchise that everybody thinks about. And those of you who are Muslims, we have Muslims on our team. So there's an issue of loyalty. And then our stadium is called Jannah, bro. It's the Boston Garden, bro. <laughs> so, you know, whatever, man. It's all good. Love it. Love it. Hey, well, you, you, you're loyal to your team. I got to respect it. I just had to ask about that. But I, I think it's going to be a good season up and coming. So I appreciate your bears. Yep. Let's uh, I think I think it's a good transition to the next segment because uh, <laughs> we're not going anywhere. <laughs> awesome. So alhamdulillah, I guess uh, also before we start talking a little bit about the MS, the state of the MSA Imam, I think 
you know, all of us, mashallah, we have that attachment to you, you know, on social media, and we've, we've heard and benefited from you in lectures. And of course, you know, we kind of skim through your bio, but mashallah, we know you have so many awesome accolades and whatnot. But I want to kind of leave it to you right now to kind of tell all the, the listeners from all over the globe, what's something we don't know about you? What's something we don't know about Imam Suhaib Webb that you'd like people to know? Something that you don't know? that I can play the piano and the saxophone. Love it. Love it. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Don't ask me if music is halal haram. That was something <laughs> that I learned prior to my conversion, but yeah. Awesome. So I guess moving on, right? So we have a lot of students who are going to be listening to this. And I was a student a couple of years ago, and I know you're dealing with a lot of students right now, given your work at NYU. So I wanted to ask you, Imam Suhaib, and kind of this may be a lot of the crux of our, of our conversation, but tell me a little bit about how you've personally seen the state of this pandemic, what COVID has done to students from their perspective. Kind of share with me, how, how have you seen that, sh that shift? I mean, I teach at NYU, so I teach a course in the fall on Islamic law and ethics. Yeah. Um, with Professor Fayez Jaffer, and then we teach a course together in the spring. And then I work, you know, at the ICNYU under Imam Khalid, who's doing like incredible work there. We have, I mean, I don't know if people are aware that NYU, we have over like 3000 Muslim students. We have a halal dining hall, um, a fully halal cafeteria on campus. Wow. Um, I think, you know, what I've seen actually is like this really profound sense of resilience among students. So I'm still getting I think in the last week, University of Florida, um, Boston College invites, you know, from MSAs, yourselves, MSA National. Yeah. Um, so I think one thing is just like the resilience that's there. I think the commitment to education is extremely commendable under such difficult times. Um, people still trying to graduate and get it done so they can get out. In a lot of cases with Muslims, we understand our graduation is somewhat crucial to helping out our families, right? Finding yep. jobs. So I think just like resilience and then um, stepping up on issues related to faith, community, and social justice, you see kind of across the board. So I, I just think that what I've seen has been pretty commendable. There's been, of course, challenges, right? People are lonely. Sure. Yep. Um, People miss, of course, college life comes kind of with the additive of a great social experience that's not Absolutely. there. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. But, and I think the election has people kind of on edge as well. Okay. Um, but overall, you know, I think resilience and patience is really something that's, that's kind of sticking out across the board, but specifically with like Generation Z and millennials. Got it. Awesome. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I've seen that, right? I've seen a lot of, so we have a series on MSA National called Humans of MSA. And essentially, that's very similar if, if you're familiar with, you know, Humans of New York, where we just talk to different students across the country and then give them a prompt and they kind of reflect. So I did see a common theme that when coming into the fall semester, a lot of them have that set of optimism that despite all the challenges that they're going through, they're going to try to make it work, whether it's, you know, maintaining six feet apart with, you know, potential classmates or, of course, doing Zoom sessions or hangouts with study groups and things like that. So I did see a common theme of optimism with these students. But I guess on the other hand, 
I've also seen, you know, a theme, kind of what you just mentioned about loneliness and how am I going to adapt and how am I going to survive in this type of this atmosphere. So when you said the word loneliness, that kind of stood out to me because I've, you know, noticed a lot of students messaging me that and messaging the MSA National account that like, how do I deal with loneliness? Now I'm stuck at home with my parents all day. I was supposed to be chilling at the university and of course studying, but, you know, having some fun and and meeting new people and things of that sort. So how, how would you go about or what would you address to students who are dealing with that type of loneliness? And I think also, and this is something that no one wants to talk about, if you have an abusive situation at home, right? Yeah. COVID-19 has exasperated yeah. um, some of the physical, emotional, even unfortunate, like sexual abuse that people have to deal with. I think that at least from a campus perspective, you want to reach out if you have a Muslim chaplain to get in contact with that Muslim chaplain and to see what resources your university offers you. Absolutely. If you don't have a Muslim chaplain, universities do tend to have resources, especially after COVID-19, yeah. um, that gives young people access to therapy, um, to at least an intake opportunity to kind of understand and digest and learn how to talk through some of those difficulties. Because, you know, loneliness is one of the leading causes of death in America. Wow. And, and it's a real issue. And then you deal with abuse or you deal with mistreatment at home. And then parents, I'm a parent, the stress is real. The financial stress is real. So there's a lot happening there. Um, so I think it's important and it's certainly commendable and acceptable to look for um, mental health resources available through your Muslim chaplain, your MSA, yep. or uh, through the campus services. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm very happy you mentioned, you know, the word mental health. That's kind of a, a common theme I've been seeing a lot of MSAs post about, which is really cool because I, I at least didn't see this when I was at MSA, you know, a couple of years ago. But it's really nice to see that mental health awareness is, is becoming so prominent in today's time. So I appreciate you also mentioning that. Absolutely. And also sin, right? We, we, we yeah. need to be careful that therapy is not used to replace Sin and sin is not used to replace therapy, right? They both kind of run hand in hand. Yep. But people also need to make sure like they're not engaged in disobedience, right? right? Being disobedient to Allah SWT does bring a sense of maybe early quick euphoria, but then it tends to be followed by like tremendous guilt. So I think another component also is to look and see how we're using a lot of people that I've talked to, whether students or not, are starting to realize through COVID-19 how much time they waste. Yes, yeah, and, you, and yeah. It's interesting, I don't know about you, I got a call from a, a, a brother a few few days ago and he was like, nothing fulfills me. Like, I've, I've, you know, I've played all my games on Xbox, I've watched everything there is on Netflix and like nothing's fulfilling. And that's a tough place to be in, man. You know what I mean? Like when things are no longer fulfilling. Absolutely. So, so, uh, you know, that was actually something I wanted to talk to you about. And I'm so happy you brought it up that, yeah, students have a lot of free time, right? Uh, you know, after they finish their studies, you know, you can watch enough Netflix, you can watch so much of uh, play so much of Warzone of Call of Duty and play so many video games and watch so many movies. And then what happens after? Right? So kind of share with me, 
what you suggest a student do to kind of get that balance of, of course, his studies or her studies and that free time or that leisurely activity or activities that they want to do, but at the same time, still kind of flourish in personal growth and personal development and that level of fulfillment that you mentioned while still maintaining everything else. Like, what would you say to a student like that? I think, first of all, and this applies to all of us. Yeah. At a certain level, we need to lower the bar of expectation simply because of the realities of our situation. So if we set the bar too high, we're setting ourselves up for frustration and anger, right? Yep. So that's why Sayyidah Aisha said that the Prophet he used to command us to do what we could handle. Like he didn't, he didn't demand more of us. Like he demanded what we could do. Absolutely. So I think it's like very important. And sometimes we do this and religious communities are prone to this, where we set like really, really high standards that don't necessarily translate well with our available resources and abilities. So is it just career wise or anything? I think in everything. Yeah. Right? So that's something, right? The Prophet said the best things are to be balanced. And, and I think taking into consideration like just the lack of being around people that may motivate us like that in itself is a great loss. Right. So there's like a number of things that this pandemic has forced us to kind of acclimate to that are going to probably restrict our output. Yep. So, so I'd, I'd say first, like set realistic, measurable goals. And then second, have a schedule, man, just like have a schedule. Schedules are very important and stick to the schedule. So you want to think about having, maybe you want to memorize or learn how to read the Quran better or memorize some chapters of the Quran. There's tons of online opportunities. So the resources are there for that, right? Yep. Um, then maybe in the professional field, like attending school, doing reasonably well in school, not turning off the Zoom screen while you're in class and falling out. Um, you know, that could be a goal, right? Absolutely. And there should be like maybe a goal with your family. How can you improve maybe the relationships with siblings, with parents, with spouses, whoever, right? That's a goal. And then, of course, I think physical exercise is like super important, man. Yeah, we lose that. We lose track of that, right? I think just keeping keeping up physically, whether it's through yoga, whether it's through MMA training, whether it's like kettlebell training, whatever. Right. And I think also eating clean is like pretty important, man, because it impacts how you feel. So there's like goals, right? A person. Yep. That. And then and then structure the leisure, right? The problem of modern America is that it makes leisure the goal, whereas leisure is just like salt on the food, man. You know, like yeah. it's, it's important, but it's not the main course. It's just like salt on the food. I love it. You mentioned health. You mentioned, you know, spending time with families. You mentioned such a, a balanced act. So kind of talk to me a little bit about like what it takes to achieve those things in terms of consistency, right? Because I feel like a lot of people have 
these you know ambitions and these various goals that they may want to achieve during all this free time that they have and sometimes at least in my experience we have these you know these high ambitious goals we want to achieve them and then we just kind of go back to our habits of playing video games watching tv uh so kind of talk to me a little bit about that like the consistency and the effort that it takes to actually achieve some of these goals that we set for ourselves during all this time that a lot of us have it's very rare to find someone that's always consistent that's that's kind of like what lies on the other side of success right yep is like hard work consistency and of course like tofik from allah at the same time i think it's important that everybody have a cheat day you know what i mean everybody, love it everybody has uh, hassan al-basr used to say uh everyone needs a tanafus like everyone needs moments of rest so i think it's important that you expect inconsistency but then you have a strategy for how to deal with it like most people just expect consistency and then they have no strategy how to deal with inconsistency but if i'm thinking like you know what i'm a, i'm a human being i'm 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 prone to weakness there may be moments in my life where i'm consistent and i'm not consistent and when i'm not consistent you know maybe i need to you know turn down the engines a little bit and cruise for a while but then how do i get back into right having that consistency there has to be a strategy for that awesome so so essentially it's okay to have a couple slips here and there when you're trying to achieve like a big goal like it's okay if you you take a day to rest it's okay if you just take a day to to just kind of chillax and then get back on that grind if you will and it's okay if you fail i mean it's, it's very okay normal, if you fail. right as yeah. long as fail is, failure is not the outcome so all that is seen so i like to look at anything as a process not an event and and part of the process at times is going to be that I slip and fail in my relationship with Allah so I have toba and it's not that I'm looking for it but I know I'm a human being wa khuliqal insanu da'ifan quran says we made people weak so i like to tell people like always kind of frame what you're trying to do is something that like you stare at it every day no matter where you are you're always staring at it even mentally in your mind like i'm seeing where i'm trying to be so it will remind you like okay i may have wandered off right you know a few blocks away or whatever but i got to eventually get back to where i was i think that's very important absolutely i i definitely respect that and that makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense so i you know we've been talking imam sahib about various things about you know managing your time during covid it's okay to fail here and there it's okay to take a day off and things like that looping back into the actual state of the MSA. You know, and we were talking about like an individual level right now. So kind of looping into that MSA organizational level, like from an actual MSA student body, some of them message us and, you know, tell us we're not doing what we used to do in the past prior to COVID. We can't have our general body meetings like we used to, you know, in school, in person. It's hard for us to get such and such speaker. We just don't feel that level of camaraderie with everyone. And we don't feel, you know, that baraka like we used to, if you will. So what would you advise to these MSAs who feel like, I'm failing. They feel like they're struggling. They feel like they're not leaving that, you know, that that footprint that previous presidents and, you know, boards did in the past. What would you what would you talk, tell them? You know, I would I always like when people feel this way to really ask them like, how did you fail? Like, why do you feel like you're failing? And then and that's not to minimize 
they're feeling, but just so we can like have a proper assessment because oftentimes it's not a failure. Love oftentimes that. it's not like this massive mistake that's destroyed everything. So I think that's the first thing. The second thing is we don't worship Allah for a feeling. If we worship Allah for a feeling, then we worship the feeling. But we worship Allah because he's oh. Allah, whether it's good or bad. Like the day of Uhud, do you think people felt Absolutely. good? Like people like, were they like, was there like, you know, endophorins being re released in their brain on the day of Uhud? Nah, man, it's horrible. The day of Ta'if, like it's a great day. So we don't worship the Ahwal. We worship the Rabb of the Ahwal. So we don't worship Allah for feelings. We worship Allah because he's the Lord of all things. So whether life is going great or life is not going great, if I am worshiping Allah as he's commanded, I am successful. And that's what it means to worship Allah as though you see him, even though you can't see him. I don't worship my emotions as though I can't see God. I worship Allah, right, to the point that I don't allow my emotions in most situations to overtake me and render me paralyzed. Yep. So I, I like to talk with MSAs and say, you know, oh man, I was reading Quran and I didn't feel anything. Yeah, but you read Quran. I made dhikr, I didn't feel anything. But you made dhikr, like you remembered Allah's name. Imagine like if we didn't help our parents unless we felt good. We would never help our parents. Yeah. So this, this kind of Nasdaqi way of looking at our relationship with God, that it's like, you know, how things are going in my life, like faith is going to somehow run parallel with material, material success. Uh, no, not necessarily. Right? Or that faith is in indicated by, you know, my lack thereof because my life is falling apart. No, not necessarily. Faith is indicated by a consummate commitment to do the right thing, regardless of the setting and the stage in which I'm I'm performing on. That effort. So it's about that effort that these student that these student bodies are still doing, despite everything. Yeah, that's and it's on. about being with Allah, right? If you're with Allah, Alhamdulillah. Some prophets only had one follower, man. Wow. Like imagine, like on their Instagram page, like Prophet such and such, like one follower. <laughs> And he's got like, he's got like miracles and you know what I'm saying? Like he has everything and he has one follower or zero followers. So oftentimes we are tested by Allah subhanahu wa to see, is it, are we working for, for Allah or are we working for something else? If I'm working for Allah, I'm going to try my best and put forth the best effort I can, inshallah. And whatever happens, happens. I love it. So like to the MSAs, it's just that intention. You know, you do the work for Allah and whatever happens, that's, that's, you know, that's, he decides, but you still put in, you still put in that work. You still put in that effort. So you still tell the MSAs, you still got to put in the work. Most MSAs are underfunded, right? They're, they're till now. I mean, there's efforts, right. To create like a strategy. You look at like Hilal, right. You look at Catholic ministries, you look at other religious communities, how not only are those young people trained by some of the best professionals in our community who come in and volunteer, right? But it also becomes like a job opportunity through that. Yeah. You and I know, and, and this is not an attack on MSA National because MSA National is stretched, right? Is that 
the, the broader kind of support of MSA from, from even myself and as alum, right? It, it's not in a way that allows MSA to scale in a way that it should. And for young people involved in MSA to have kind of these expectations which aren't met with the support, I don't think that's fair for them, man. You know what I mean? Like I, I became MSA president the year after I became Muslim, man. Wow. You know, and they were just like, we'll let you do it. Bye. And then the brothers left. <laughs> you know, and I was like, I'm still trying to learn how to pray. Like, I don't Smaller. even know how to pray yet. Right. So, you know, MSA peeps, love yourself a little, appreciate the great work that you're doing and understand that you, you've been facing very difficult odds for a number of years and just keep going. Alhamdulillah. I love it. I love it. And, you know, it's it's crazy because. You know, when I was when I was doing uh, when I was in the MSA a couple of years ago, I was uh, their social media chair, ironically, right for my local school. And it's crazy because back then, you know, Instagram wasn't really a thing. It was just, you know, we were on Facebook. You know, it was only only until recently Instagram started to pop off, if you will. But now me doing social media for MSA National, it's crazy to see when I'm doing outreach to different MSAs for humans of MSA, how many MSAs are on Instagram and how many MSAs are active. And I think that alone, as you mentioned, that alone is awesome, right? Because now you have a way to interact with all the students. You're, you're doing so many programming. So I think exactly what you said, Imam Saheb Webb, it's just that level of optimism, the fact that they're, they have an account, the fact that they are showcasing and disseminating all that's going on. I think that's a huge win within itself. Absolutely. And the fact that they have passion and that they care. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can think about the MSA NYU, th the number of programs that they've had this week, the uh, Black Mus Muslim Initiative that's happening at NYU, the number of programs that they've had. I mean, it's like almost every night, bro. Absolutely. You know, we did Jeopardy yesterday. I mean, that's awesome. Ago, they have lectures with Sheikh Aisha Pran. I mean, they're Love just it. active, right? So. I would encourage people not necessarily to get down on themselves because again, these are very, very different optics and you may be actually more impactful without realizing it just because of how the online world works. Love it. Love it. So, so transitioning right back to the student body, just the students themselves, right? We talked a lot about the MSA, but now going to that individual perspective again, a lot of students message us and they tell us, you know, and we're not not including the online world. Now we're kind of getting to real life. Like what's going to happen after college? We get a lot of messages from seniors, upcoming seniors and saying, hey, I, you know, COVID hit. What's going to happen in my graduation? Is it going to be virtual now? You know, I was looking forward. I spent I grinded for these four years, taking all these credits, taking all these classes. And now I'm going to have a virtual graduation or to take it to another level. Am I even going to get a job? Right. Unemployment is going so high. Like what's going to happen in my future? Like I've worked so hard. I, I'm, I'm taking this, you know, the, these these loans. I'm in debt. I have all this money I got to pay back. Am I even going to get a job? So like what would you say to these students, these subject of students, how to how to have them like keep that motivation, if you will? That's tough. I mean, I can't yeah. say that they'll have a job. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I can't I can't say that it's going to work out and you know, I think the idea is just trying to learn from what this moment really means mm. and appreciating when it's over. 
inshallah. You know, that's a question I think that haunts us all, not just you guys, me, right? I'm, I'm 48 years old, right? In the middle of a pandemic, right? 48, you're thinking about like, you know, having some protecting a bag, right? Yeah. So that you can retire, get your kids in college, and then, you know, move on and head to Jannah Um, This is a very stressful time, even for you moms, right? I know a number of imams that are, that are worried about their jobs. Nonprofits are struggling. Right, you don't have Juma anymore. Juma is where people, there was no Ramadan, right? You know that Ramadan is a time where people tend to raise their budget for the next year. So I think first is that this person wants to have a strong relationship with their family, if possible. Um, clear communication, and I think bringing in allies to communicate sometimes to parents that hey, the job market is not what it once was. Yep. Okay. Parents, sometimes, again, we tend to have like really overextended expectations. I'm guilty of this myself. Second thing is you want to have a strong supporting cast. You need to have a strong peer group around you that not only is going to support you, but also may be able to help you. Like maybe MSA can start to think about how do you create something that allows people like to find jobs, you know, yeah, yeah. I somehow love it. organized around a way that I know in 2008, the black church reacted to the recession, right? And actually like opened up credit uh, um, unions in their churches Yep. to like help sustain people who were going to be hit hard by predatory loans. Like, how do we think then strategically about creating? I know like if you email us at NYU, like we have referrals, we can say, okay, here's the people who know about the jobs that are available. I mean, something that simple. So yeah. having the supporting cast, not only for your own friendship and mental health and, and physical health, but even your professional growth. I think the third is staying in touch with your advisors, right, at your university, making sure that you go to career day, making sure that you take advantage of every opportunity that you have. Don't, under, don't underestimate where Allah can put Baraka. And then the fourth is, again, and I know this, this sounds somewhat... Um, kind of like, I don't want people to think that I'm dismissing them, but, you know, don't allow this moment to control you, mm. right? It's going to come, it's going to go, inshallah. And, and perhaps there's, you know, they say people work out better on the treadmill when the incline increases. So maybe this incline in our worldly situation is meant for us to become somewhat more introspective and like develop better habits develop a hunger that may have not been there before i love it i love it and you know uh, just to personally reflect on what you just said you know that hunger if you will at least for me and hopefully for many others is health you know like back then a couple of you know three four years ago it was so easy to go to a gym work out play basketball maintain my health and things like that but now because of the quarantine and whatnot i can't do that and you know my eating habits you know, stay the same and they weren't the best. So it's kind of given me that opportunity or to realize, hey, I'm not getting any younger. I got to take care of my health. And, you know, eating habits is something that I've always struggled with. And with the lack of gyms and things like that, at least in our locality, I have to step it up. So I, I completely agree. And I'm sure so many other students can find that one or that two things that they could use as that catalyst for, you know, their growth. So I appreciate that. Yeah, I agree with you. Alhamdulillah. It, 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 it's a tough time. I don't think anyone should say that it's like, it's 
perfect and it's not yeah you're keeping it real keeping it's it a real tough, tough time and we we ask a lot to make it easy for us and you know especially i mean i talked to seniors last year who, who graduated right and they did the kind of virtual walk i think that in hindsight well not hindsight i think moving forward we should give everyone the opportunity to walk like once we come out of this like people who graduated last year and perhaps this year can still come and walk right i love it yeah it's so important and and again the muslim community can step in msa can step in and we can do like ah oh, i'm down i'll show up like let's do a graduation for all the people that graduated i love it i love Bring it that value to them that 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 is awesome that is that is that would be amazing. Uh, well, well, moving forward, Imam Saheb Webb, uh, you know, I want to be cognizant of our time. And I think a common theme of everything we've been talking about to sum it up has been bars. MashaAllah. I think first and foremost, I myself am benefiting so much from this. So kind of reflecting on everything that's been going on and everything we've been talking about. If you had to give, right, this is a, yeah, I'm, I'm actually excited to hear what you had to say. Like, given that everything that's happening right here, if you had to give your younger self some advice, right, what would that be? Because everything you've been sharing with us right now have, of course, has been through all your experiences and everything you've, you've benefited. And we haven't talked much, you know, about your studies overseas, mashallah, but, you know, you, you've benefited with so many people. Uh, what would you give, what advice would you give to your younger self? And I think this is something that all of us students, alumni, etc., can all benefit, hopefully, inshallah, from as well. Yeah, that's a good question. I think about that a lot, actually. Um, especially my son is like now almost 18. So, wow. I've got to uh, talk to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and my daughter is, is 19 and I've, I've already had these talks with her, but she's, she's mashallah as well. And then I have a 68, 17 month baby, old made baby. So, oh, wow. I basically don't sleep in the day or the night. Oh, man. Subhanallah. Time management for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, what I would tell myself is this is after conversion, right? So I would say number one is be financially independent. That's one thing. It's very important to be financially independent. Sufyan al-Thawri used to say, al-mal silah al-mu'min. That wealth, and I'm not talking about being financially opulent. I'm talking about being financially sufficient. I can make moves that I need to make. So I would encourage myself at a much younger age to think about financial management and financial independence. This is after worship and all the stuff that we normally go of through. Of course, of course. Yeah. The second thing is to travel as much as I could. I would have encouraged myself to see as much of the world uh, and engage people and not stay in the tourist places, right? But like to go into like the cut, you know? Yeah. and try to see as much of this earth as I could. The third thing is to listen to that little voice inside me more. So as you get older, you, you may experience, especially as a man, that that little voice becomes slowly like a roar. Around like 44, 43 years old, it becomes like a roar. Uh, I turned that voice off probably for like 43 years. Wow. So I wish that, you know, I had listened to that side of me more than say the machismo side or the hard side or, you know, whatever the, uh, the gusto side of it, you know, yeah. I wish I had listened to that. And, and the last man is learn how to love and value yourself. 
Because what I see a lot of times, and I see this in my own life, is we go into relationships or friendships, and if we don't know how to truly, in a healthy way, I'm not talking about narcissism or hubris, but I need to love myself in such a way that I'm not going to sacrifice myself for anybody. Like, meaning I'm going to lose myself trying to impress others or trying to fit in or trying to make something work. Because what happens is you just get ran over. Love it. So understanding my own value and what makes me feel valued and then my negotiables and my non-negotiables. Those, those things I think are like the crux, right? After worship and everything and faith yeah. Yeah. Is, is your emotional intelligence, is your financial intelligence, is, is your, is your self-awareness. And then your interest in like generally seeing others and kind of broadening how you look at the world. Because when you travel, you're not just reading a book, like you're actually living the novel. Yeah. Right. And you're engaging in different people and you're having conversations and this is going to help inform you as a person, as you get older. That was, that was awesome. Subhanallah. I, I, you know what, what so many, so many things from what you just said stood out. Uh, I guess one question that I have after hearing all that is regarding the word roar, right? A little bit. So is that word coming and you don't have to get to the specifics, but is that coming from like pursuing your dreams, pursuing that thing that maybe a risk, but you, you got to go for it type of thing? Or is that something completely different? I think it's about being wise and emotionally present. I think that's what that roar is. That roar doesn't tell you to stop, right? That's a little different. Got it. Um, it may tell you to stop. You know, sometimes it may say, hey, enough is enough. But I think that that roar tends to become much more amplified as our physical abilities become less. Got Especially it. as men, I can't talk about women, but as, as men. So when I'm young, right, when I'm younger, um, my physical ability, just the sheer presence of the hormones in my body are amplifying what I may feel I have the physical ability to do. But as we get older, right, that begins to wane. And then we start to become somewhat, hopefully, more emotionally intelligent. Uh, Mutanabi is a great Arabic poet. He kind of encapsulates this. He said, Right? To be thoughtful before you're brave is two braveries. Wow. So, like, sometimes we're just brave without thinking. Right? Yeah. But we want to be able to think, not to the point that we extinguish or mute. Uh, that roar shouldn't mute our efforts, but it should kind of help us think in a more. Um, deeper way in a much more kind of strategic way and a much more caring way right? we should learn to care more as we get older mashallah subhanallah alhamdulillah I, I think that that was so so beneficial for myself and i know all the viewers will find you know those those gems very beneficial so imam sahib webb uh, i i def we, we mentioned this very very early on when i kind of was giving a brief introduction but you know, given the fact that we talked about how students have free time and they should, you know, try to be consistent with various things. And some of them are lonely and some of them want to, you know, make a mark, you know, and, and do things. You know, I want to hear from you a little bit about this initiative that you started. And that's Swiss. You know, I'm seeing that everywhere in my social media, mashallah. If you're not following Imam Sahay Web on Instagram, you got to make sure you do so. And mashallah, I see you, of course, sharing that all the time. And it really seems like a resource that a lot of students 
can benefit from while studying, while doing their things, while still being, you know, a teenager or a student in college, but can still have that level of, you know, growth. So kind of talk to me a little bit about Swiss and how a student can benefit from that. So Swiss actually is an online on-demand educational experience, um, has over now 500 hours of content in different courses. What, what I noticed, my background, actually my, my bachelor's degree was in education. So I noticed that, you know, I experienced it myself and then coming back after studying overseas and noticed that like, it's very difficult to kind of find a, a system of teaching, right? You can go on YouTube, you watch this lecture, this lecture, or we see, you know, a few clips here and there on Instagram, but is there like a pedagogical like framework for me, say anybody who's not like wanting to be in a religious vocation, but is looking for functional religious literacy is there something out there? So what we started the Swiss, uh, we're still in the beta launch actually, because we're wow. still gonna work, work through some things. We have an app hopefully that will be out and then we'll launch fully. Um, but basically teaching some of the foundational sciences, religious sciences that everybody needs to know to function. And what does function mean? Number one is I can deal with my own doubts. I can scaff, scaffold my own faith. Uh, number two is that I can I can defend Islam when needed, say at work, right? Say at school, whether it's MSA, whether it's in a, in a professional setting. And then number two is that it enhances my worship. So when I learn, I, I, I start to feel more involved and passionate about worship. And then number three is, is we need to think about not only um, generational wealth, we also have to think about generational spirituality. So how do I then continue this amongst my children? So that's kind of the, the, the flow of Swiss. It has like a full curriculum. There's like quizzes. If people want to opt into it, there's, you know, exams, assignments, oral things, or people can just binge the norm, man. Love and it's that. only $10 a month per household. So we felt this should be accessible and affordable. Yeah. And you said household. So it's not only for students, alumni, parents, anybody. It's for everybody. Essentially. Yeah. I mean, one of our most successful programs, we run a youth program that has around 500 kids uh, from all over the world. Um, we do three or four classes for them. We're going to start some programming more for the university age kind of setting Yeah. Um, soon. And we plan to actually develop a curriculum that is kind of based on the needs of each demographic. Um, but right now we have a really success. We have like a Twitch account, man. We play video games. No We're way. Like, That's awesome. Swiss, Swiss, Twitch. We do movie nights especially during COVID-19, we weren't going to launch it until this year. Yeah. But when COVID hit, we just popped it like, boom, let's just be there to serve the people. Love it. Um, and we have like around 500 kids, man, from all demographics. Alhamdulillah. Um, we have around 280 people on scholarships as well. Wow. Mashallah. We have like a, a sister from Gujarat who's a convert, man. She's a Hindu convert from Gujarat under Modi who accepted Islam. Wow. So a lot of opportunities for people if they're interested, um, you know, especially the scholarship piece, we're happy to, to plug them in. So how would, if if a student listening to this wants to enroll, where, where should he or she go? Just go to SoheyWeb.com. You know, I think for college students, one of the things that they like is like, I actually meet with them. Yeah. And so there's like, office, so we create like office hours, right? Oh, cool. Yeah. It's booked. It's booked. Like it's pretty packed. But then we also do live courses. Like tonight, I have a tough seer with our students at 11. Um, we also do a number of courses free for the community on my Facebook page and the Swiss face Facebook page. Um, but one of the things that college students like is like the office hours. 
for like as a few students i have one he's like memorizing quran from uh, the bay area uh, a young woman in canada who's an msa student is memorizing the quran but then also you don't have to be memorizing the quran i'm just saying absolutely yeah and and then they'll just hit up and be like yo like i'm having some doubts on this issue or like i heard this from a professor had a graduate student reach out to me a few days ago who has a professor who believes that sharia is is fictitious right so that's something that college students really appreciate i love it i love it well if anyone's listening sahabweb.com learn more about swiss it's a great 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 initiative mashallah imam Saheb Webb. before we conclude you know i thought of this on the spot but you know i was a big fan of a show called family feud growing up and uh, if you ever watch the show at the end they have something called like uh fast money or something like that where they just ask like five questions and you you pretty much have a quick answer so I just got five questions, so I'm going to do it like a rapid fire, if you will. Just a couple questions. You just give a quick answer, and I think it'll be like, you know, some some fun uh, for myself, of course, and I'm sure the viewers as well. Is that cool? Absolutely. Okay, so... Are you Steve Harvey? Is that... Uh, <laughs> I'm not Steve Harvey. I'm not on that level, but hey, let's get it. Favorite NBA player? Of all time? You can give me both, all time and current. Oh man, favorite favorite NBA player of all time. You know, it's probably someone no one even knows, man. It was a uh, Dominique Wilkins, man, the Human Highlight film. Of course, of course. Yeah, that was that was like since I was a kid. I learned how to dunk watching him, so I feel like I owe him, you know, uh, something. And then current favorite NBA player. Oh, you already know, man. Jason Tatum, dude. <laughs> awesome. Okay, cool, cool. Big future ahead for him. All right, number two. Top skill. Mashallah, mashallah. Don't make hasad on mine. Hey, mashallah, mashallah, mashallah. He's, you he's making a... nazar on Jason Tatum, bro. <laughs> nah, he, he's, he's gonna, he, he already broke out, inshallah. He's only going to continue to do great stuff, inshallah. Um, uh, number two. What's a top skill you'd advise anyone to learn? Top skill? What do you mean by skill? A skill set. What's a skill set you, you found beneficial that you would advise anyone to learn that you're grateful that you learned? I think listening is very important because when you listen and you learn how to listen well, it opens up every door for you. That's why the Sahaba says, like we hear. And we live in an age now where nobody wants to listen. Everybody wants to talk. So being a good listener also tells you where people are coming from. Like if you listen to them well enough, you can hear past their voices. You know what I mean? So it's important to learn how to be silent and listen. I love it. Wow. SubhanAllah. All right. Number three, where is the, your, your favorite place that you've ever traveled to or visited? Outside of like the holy places? Sure. Sure. So as, outside from Medina and Mecca, uh, what's your favorite place you visited? Man, one time I did the uh, the dogs in Norway, man. You know, <laughs> wow. I, I went to the Northern Lights. I took the, the sleds, man. Oh, the sleds with the dogs in the snow and everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had like the special space suit on. I was at the end of the dunya, man. <laughs> like literally, it was like I was in like the show Vikings. Wow. It was crazy. And everybody kept speaking Norwegian to me. And I was like, I'm too fat to be Norwegian, man. <laughs> look at me, man. I'm American. Look, I look like I, you know, I'd be throwing down like mad nons for days. That, did uh, you see the lights? Yeah. And then I ate whale. Wow. <laughs> yes. Don't do that. 
but mashallah but um yeah yeah i saw the lights man it was it was surreal bro wow subhanallah so i would say uh norway and then you know people may laugh man maine i'm telling you man maine oh snap <laughs> i had a friend say he wants to go to vacation during uh thanksgiving break to maine and i was like maine well, what's in maine and then he showed me some pictures i was like okay okay yeah i don't know if you want to go in the winter but um maine is incredible man mashallah Alrighty, so we got Maine and Norway. Alhamdulillah. You have to keep in mind, like I lived in California, so since I live there, that's like it's it's all just as Cali. True, true. Yeah, you, you've seen Cali. People there, by the way, that are going through these fires. And then I lived in the South. I lived in Detroit. I lived in Cairo. You know, I lived in New York and DC and Boston. So those places I know, like that's where I lived. Got it. But, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Alhamdulillah. All right, so last question of the day, Imam Saheb Webb, what is your go-to activity when you need a break during the pandemic? I hang out with my wife, man. My wife and my baby. You know, I mean, I, I, I try to, I, I think it's very important that we make um, points in our life that we find relief. We have to be very careful what those are. So like I noticed with my daughter, 16th month, 17th month now, is that the screen became kind of like an emotional crux for her. So I tried to replace it with books. Love it. So I think like, and I'm not, I'm not like a mean dad or nothing. So nobody freak out. But like, I think also I started thinking about me, you know, what is it that like I turn to when um, I play sometimes video games with Iman Mark Manley which is like crazy yeah, <laughs> we do that. But I, I generally try to make sure that it's things that are going to bring um, value to myself and the people around me. So I try to find great happiness in being with my wife and my family. And that I know that sounds weird, but if you think about how the capital, the capital kind of based economy is, it actually allows us to excuse being present for our family so we can be present for say you know netflix and yeah whatever. like i don't have a problem i watch blind manor you know what i'm saying I, I'm, I'm gonna get down yeah but like not to the point where i worry like it becomes like a source of like euphoria for me i don't want that i want that with my child i want that with my wife i want that with my family with with god with quran with so, and that's a battle, man. You know what I mean? I'm not saying I'm perfect at it. I got my little slips here and there, but largely I try to spend time with my family. I love it. I love it. Keeping those priorities in check. Well, alhamdulillah, Ibam Saheweb. I, I think this is a great, great, great time spending time with you today. Alhamdulillah. Benefiting, as I'm sure all the listeners will as well. As we conclude, I want to just give you the last, last couple words. If you have any parting advice or any closing words, as we, uh, you know, end this, end this podcast episode. Hey, you know, being in MSA is like really an incredible time. And MSA National has a great history. Um, I would just encourage everyone to try to slow down, slow down, not yourself, but like slow down the world around you. Like be able to kind of pull back and slow it down. So that way you don't get too hurt or too happy with anything, right? But you're able to see it 
try to see. That's why it's called tadabur, right? Tadabur means to go all the way to the back of something, look behind it. That's why dubr is the back. So, you know, enjoy this moment. I enjoy it. You know what I mean? Enjoy it. Like, it's a great time. And try to see it in a little bit of a slower pace. That will be my my kind of parting. Nasi. Yeah. Drop the mic. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you, Imam Suhaywab, for all that you do. Everybody in the description, you're going to see Imam Suhaywab's handle, his website at Checkout Swiss, and any other beneficial information. Let us know in the comments who you want us to interview next. But Jazakumullahu khair, Imam Suhaywab, for joining. Thank you, sir. Alhamdulillah.